0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy
1: NBA Today podcast. Well, there's nothing fantasy relevant we got to talk about today, right? We still got five days, five days till free agency. Rumors have largely stopped swirling. We'd have a trade. On Monday, that I guess we'll have to talk about, but it is award show Tuesday here on Fantasy NBA Today, which for one day and one day only we can just call NBA Today. I am Dan Vasperis, co-host. That's right. Don't treat yourself like a guest, Neil, the great Neil Roachlani. At ah, Ball with Neil, Neil's orange balls on Twitter. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, good, good morning, friend. <laughs> good
0: morning how are you mr <laughs> How how's the belly the how's belly
1: it? is never good i you know i almost <laughs> feel like i needed to have this my belly stuff when brandon is doing the show because literally every single time i do a show with brandon i have something going wrong with me and last week i did a show with him and i was healthy and he was like it, he was staggered he stepped backwards and almost swooned he couldn't believe it uh so you got ailing down i don't know man this is the life of the ashkenazi jew i i have a very weak digestive system it was made for uh like i honestly don't know what exclusively matzo ball soup and so anytime i eat something else there's a chance it might throw things into a state of tumult and that's that's where i am right now but i'll be all right. right I'll, I'll muscle my way through how are you are you uh everything you know you digesting food properly over there
0: I think so, but you know, you can relate to a lot of NBA players. Um, Anthony
1: Steve Davis, yeah, that's right. Yes,
0: yes Anthony <laughs> Davis and um, Paul Pierce. and Oh,
1: like. now don't compare me to Paul Pierce because I will have everyone know that when I'm about to soil myself, I walk to the bathroom like a man. I walk to the bathroom <laughs> like a man with my hand jammed between my legs to make sure nothing goes wrong. I hope everybody listening to the show actually saw the thing that you're talking about. Do you, want to, do you want to tell them what, what Paul Pierce admitted to on TV?
0: I did not actually see the admittance, but um, obviously it was all over the news. The yeah,
1: NBA, it was nonsense
0: me. news, which is Paul Pierce in game, Whatever was it, it game was. six or game seven. I don't even know against your beloved Lakers. The right? wheelchair
1: game. Everybody knows it as the wheelchair game.
0: Yes, he left on a wheelchair from the court. Everyone thought it was obviously some serious body injury, and it was just that he um, pooped himself.
1: Yep, pooped himself yep. right there on yep. the court. Didn't want anybody to see the stain on the back of his green trousers, uh, so they wheeled him off the court. And I hope that they sanitized that wheelchair. That's, <laughs> that's all. How it, I loved it, too, because for so many years, Laker fans, myself included, have been ragging on Paul Pierce as just like the premier clown for that because he clearly wasn't hurt. We just didn't know why. We didn't know what was going on. And then the fact that he admitted it, that actually earns him a lot of points in my book. I, I hate i hate a lot of things that Paul Pierce has done because he was a Celtic for so long. Uh, I also think he's one of the worst analysts on TV. He literally gets every single thing wrong. But copping to the fact that he was full of it uh, during that ball game was a real man move in my estimation. So kudos to you, Paul Pierce. Uh, you still should have just gotten up and walked walk your ass to the locker room like a man. Clench clench. Power that sphincter all the way through. So we've got uh award show day, but let's do the trade real quick. Uh mm. I think we can knock this one out in in reasonable fat. I mean, obviously if we have some thoughts to give on it. The very medium small, it's a medium. It was a medium-sized trade on Monday. Kent Bazemore was sent to the Portland Trail Blazers in exchange for Evan Turner in a very odd it's never happens, Neil. Just a classic one-for-one one of two expiring contracts that were within $600,000 of one another. Two overpaid wings. Uh, and it seems like both teams got the guy that they prefer having. It it made a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of weird. Usually you get um, some sort of salary dump or picks or something for a trade. This was not that at all. Yeah. Um, I don't think either team's
1: really going to change.
0: Like, this doesn't really move the needle on either team for me or nor on any sort of fantasy value. Do you see anything from this?
1: Well, the only thing that I like is that now you get Baysmore off of a team that was sitting him down the stretch because for the first two and a half months last year, before he had that brutal ankle sprain that kept him out for like seven weeks, he was rocking. He was awesome in October, November, and most of December or half of December, I think, uh, you know, top 75 clip in 9-cat. He was going buck wild in uh, defensive stats. Lots of steals, some blocks, some threes. You know, percentages are never his his key, but he was kind of hanging in there. And now he goes to a Portland team that is without Yusuf Nurkic for probably the entire year. Uh Farouk off the books. I don't know if he's going to be back. So it opens up a lot of minutes. I, I know that's not necessarily Bayes' position, but it feels to me like they're going to have to slide someone like a Mo Harkless up to play the four. And that basically means that there's no one around to play the three because they're not bringing Rodney Hood back. I don't think they are at least. So you might see Bazemore as the starting three and playing 28, 30 minutes a game on this team. I think he could very easily be a top 100 fantasy guy in nine cat this coming year.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. I don't see that at all. Um, I don't see him playing more in twenty six minutes. So who's
1: gonna play though? Who's their other I wing?
0: I, I don't know. I well, do obviously we have some off season to go through, so we'll see who else is gonna be out there in Portland. I know they are, they don't have a lot of cash, but um, I just don't see Batesmore having like a, a top four role in that team.
1: Well, how many minutes did Evan Turner play? This is something I probably should have looked at before I. Started the record button. Oh, on this, podcast. this is
0: something we, I should have looked at before we started. <laughs> good, friends. good podcasting,
1: friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice work by the two of us. What was Evan Turner at last year? He was in the twenties, right? I'm looking right? him up
0: right now. Uh, he was at 22 minutes.
1: Okay, I I could see Bay's going higher than that. How many I, minutes? I agree
0: with you there. Yes.
1: What was Al Farouk Aminu at last year? He Al-Faruq was near 30, right?
0: Aminu. He, he was, was like a at 29. 28. That's a lot. No, I agree. I just I don't think Moore is good enough to play high twenties. I mean like close to thirty. And I don't think without that volume he gets there fancy
1: wise. You're, you're absolutely I, right. I, for I, could be, team... I
0: could be wrong about that.
1: No, you're guess. right though. You're right. You're just right for a team that has anybody else on the wing. And I don't know that the Blazers do right now. What the hell is yeah, I agree.
0: A... We'll see. We'll see where they go. All
1: right, yeah. let me let me look at their well, will the Portland Trailblazers roster uh other potential wing players are Jake Layman. That's it. That's Jake Lehman.
0: Really Wait, we know Hood's not coming back for sure?
1: Uh they could potentially. I'd be kind of surprised. I assume he's going to probably go want to make some more money elsewhere. If if such a contract is tenured. What did he make this like? He made like 3 or 4 million dollars this last year, right? Oh gosh. Uh um, so he would be I the one. Know. If Rodney Hood comes back, I'm going mm-hmm. I'm going to leap Head first into your camp on this one. I'm diving straight into the he Bays is not gonna be playing enough to make a difference pool. If Hood is gone, then you got Bayes and Mo Harkless, who are basically gonna have to deal with almost all of the power forward and small forward minutes. Cause there's just cause Zach Collins, uh Myers Leonard, those guys have got to be playing center, I would think. Yes. Uh and then you work your way down the list and I think you're looking at, like, their draft picks, who I, you know, you know how much I pay attention to rookies, but to me, that's not that big of a, this is a team that's still going to want to win next year, and so I don't think they're going to be playing the rookie over Moe or Baze, and you're right, Baysmore is not that great of an NBA player, but he just went to a team where there's literally no one else at his position.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if the, the regular season started tomorrow, I would uh, I would draft him. I just want to see how they fill out the roster. I'm currently assuming he's going to be gone as well.
1: I believe so, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, he'll take more money elsewhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. They started Jake Lehman a bunch last year. Uh, let's see if, they, if he's uh, higher on their depth chart than we expect. <laughs> maybe um, he's the guy. Maybe he's the guy. I don't know. You're right. When Baysmore had a prominent role with Atlanta, he was fantasy-worthy. I just don't, we'll see how much of a role he has in Portland. By the way, I don't
1: know. I don't know if you could hear that noise in the background. Everybody listening will, that was me trying to pull up Jake Lehman's stats. And of course, one of these dumbass web pages decided it needed to play a Jake Lehman highlight reel in the background. So thanks internet. Thanks internet for for ruining the front end of, as if me talking about my bowels didn't rule the front end, ruin the front end of a podcast. A video of Jake Lehman certainly will. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we'll see how the rest of the offseason shakes out. I know that they're fairly cash strapped, but uh, I don't I don't know if anybody else can do what can play for that team that they've got right now. The reason I like it and I'm not going to get into too deep because I don't know where, you know, it depends on how things shake out. Like you said, Uh, I actually almost like Baysmore more if he's not being required to handle the basketball because he is turnover prone. When Atlanta was using him as kind of like the backup point guard, when, when Trey was out, too many turnovers, not enough efficiency there. If you get him off the ball, which he would be in Portland for the most part, it would be a lot of slashing, open looks at three, and a ton of defensive stats. And you know how much I like defensive stats. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of my wheelhouse. And I almost don't care if he scores like nine points a game. If he's getting me, you know, like 1.5 steals and half a block... I'll I'll throw a, a a no man's land pick at him. Could you argue with me if I took him at a hundred?
0: Oh, once you get past a hundred, I could you could take anyone you want. Damn, I think it's pretty much at that, that point.
1: That is, Do you know what I'm saying
0: though. That is a glowing like, review. Well, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that usually by by the time I get to the uh, the last three picks, I'm probably dropping for my bottom five picks.
1: Yeah, that's probably point. true. Yeah.
0: So I, I don't think there's anything wrong at, at that point, like the ninth, tenth round, take anyone. Really. Is
1: he just, uh, you know what? Is it just me getting a little bit too old, Manny? Is that what's happening now? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. He definitely fits that category. I forgot this guy yeah. could be an all-star on your team. Yeah, yeah.
1: he's an old man all-star. Yeah, <laughs> old, man <squad. laughs> old man squad. The Dan Besper's old man squad. The D bombs. There will be yeah. uh, throwing Ken Bays into that mix most likely. I don't think people are gonna take that long of a look at him. Uh, because he's incredibly boring from a fantasy standpoint. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cool. That means an old man squad guy. We'll, we'll see how this off season shakes out. Uh, on the other end of this, I, I thought it was funny. I mean, yes, there's some obvious reasons why Atlanta would want Evan Turner. He's a much better ball handler than Bays. He's, uh, could function as the guy that sort of runs the offense, kind of point forward when Trey is on the bench. I thought it was funnier, Neil, to just picture this as Atlanta trying to figure out a way to shed $650,000 at a time. And it, this was like step one. So now they go out and they try to find somebody making like 16.9 million and they trade Evan Turner for that guy. And then, you know, July 8th, they go find somebody making 17.2 <laughs> and they go trade that other guy for that dude. I know that's not what's happening. That just feels to me like a fun way to try to save money. And, and I get it. That's a stereotype and I'm okay with it. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint though, Neil, is there anything on the Atlanta side of this?
0: Oh, I don't think so. Evan Turner hasn't been fantasy relevant for a long time. Um, do you think he's gonna make?
1: Dangerous. Do you do you think <laughs> he's gonna make me look like a, a, a total jerk to uh, by saying you'll never see him get another triple double and then doing it the next day? He can't.
0: Oh yeah, no. He. I mean, obviously, when there's like depletion on the team and he's he's out there doing everything, it, obviously any guy can fill in and have great nights, but um. It's not going to be without injuries before he gets an opportunity, I think, that really shines. I appreciate
1: so. you trying to make me feel better on that. I no, will, no, no, no. I you wore, should feel better. I, no, I mean, it. of
0: course. We we saw triple doubles from, we've seen, not triple, we've seen incredible games from guys who are it's unsustainable. So it wasn't. Yeah, he thing just, you, you know, say. he
1: got me. That's really what it comes down to. I'm willing <clears> to admit <throat> because he had that first triple double, and I said, well, we'll never see this again. And then he did it in the very next game just to stick it in <laughs> my face. So I, I owe Evan Turner a, a massive apology, but no, you're 100% right. There's nothing to this on the fantasy side of him going to the Atlanta Hawks. It kind of doesn't matter how many minutes he plays. He just doesn't have fantasy game. Let's talk awards show, Neil. Where do you want to start? I'll let you. We'll just trade off. Uh, you pick the first one. I'll pick the second one, and we can yell about it. This will be like first take. <laughs> just like first take. Yeah, um, just like it. All
0: right. I'm going to go with, uh, let's go with MVP.
1: Right. Do We're you want? Going, do you
0: want to go backwards? I don't like,
1: care. We'll like, go whatever sports. direction we want. Most people listening to this podcast just—they uh, they got nothing to do. They're bored out of their minds, so they're stuck with us. Regardless, <laughs> <laughs> you want to, we'll go MVP. Right. So
0: I, think, I think MVP is obviously the biggest award, and maybe I—I I, I thought it was a done deal, but you said you had different thoughts, so I'm curious to kind of walk this through with you.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I've said it on this show before. I've, i i would have, if I had a vote, I would have voted for Giannis. So it's weird. Uh, what I'm about to say might not make logical sense to those listening. I thought that I would vote Giannis, but I thought that the story arc was going to push it to James Harden. Frankly, I was surprised because so many times we've seen these MVP awards go to the guy that that is the story, but not necessarily the guy that is actually the most valuable player. Giannis was the most valuable player this year, so he earned, he deserved this award, but James Harden did, quote-unquote, the thing, which was score 40 points in a row, uh, 40 points in a game in a row for whatever it was. I forget the exact number. It was like 16 or seven, maybe it was more than that. He broke the record, and so it reminded me of a couple years ago when Harden lost the award to Westbrook, Harden was actually the more valuable player that year, but Russ averaged the triple-double, and so he got the MVP because he did the thing. And you could go back to sort of like the Steve Nash years, where they always want to have the thing, or the reason why a guy gets it, and this year the reason was really just Giannis was the most important player in the league, and it surprised me. So I don't think the vote was wrong, I think they got it right, I was just surprised they got it right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. Um, it makes sense from that that argument perspective. I I had a different take going in. Um, th- I can go on my whole rant about it. Yeah, rant. Show for- yeah.
1: So do it, man. This uh, is a podcast. What else are we here for?
0: Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm I'm not a very emotional guy. Yeah. At least not not outwardly. <laughs> Inwardly, there's a lot of emotion. But yeah, you guys, are,
1: you guys don't want to see Neil when he's angry.
0: Yeah, I just throw it all in, and then I. Anyway, Dr. Banner. The whole whole point of sports is to have objective outcomes. Award show for sports are stupid, in my (laughs) opinion. Because (laughs) I mean, I understand when you have like best picture, right? Because you're trying to like for the movies, for the Oscars, because there's no objectiveness outside. Right, but does
1: isn't doesn't I feel like we've learned that most of those award shows come down to who kind of fellates the uh the committees. Oh yeah, promote, yeah. Those right? are stupid too. Yeah, they. But are. But
0: at, at least, there's a there's a there's a reason for
1: it. I think I made um, up. A, I think I made you, up a word the, there.
0: When you play a game, you have objective outcomes, so you don't need awards to vote on things. You play a game. the The, the awards are come from the game itself.
1: I like this version of game. Neil, by the way. Angry Neil With is my, my favorite. No, though. it's
0: just it's just it's like the dumb. I mean, obviously, it's just done for publicity and to make more money and get more interest in the NBA and. The ESPYS and all that—it's just the dumbest thing, as far as objectively (laughs) speaking.
1: All right, so if you had to vote, anyway. um, So if you had to vote on the dumb thing, which way would you? Did you think uh, it sounded to me like when what you just said? You figured Giannis was going to get it, and it was going to win.
0: And I, I, I mean, obviously, what you said makes sense. The only thing is, and this is why I think it's also the human biases get into awards is um, because Harden went out the year before. I think that made it easier for the writers not to whoever votes not to vote for him again i think if he had not won it the year before that would he might have gotten it this year and not because he was better but because of the story and there's so much that goes into awards that are story narratives not actual based on um i mean obviously the top guys get it, but who actually wins is often based on more the narrative than the actual performance. Yeah, so, and
1: that's why I was surprised that they got it right, because yes. it really wasn't the narrative this year. It was just, this guy was the best, and he won. And that's oddly, <laughs> oddly correct. That's yeah, no,
0: it's, it's correct, and it's good to see it happen, but it's just, again, it's, it's it doesn't make any sense to vote on things when you have objective outcomes. Who do you think wins
1: it way. next year? I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. You know, I think with it next year, Kawhi, Steph.
0: I'm going. I'm going with your um, your bowel movement. Um, Ken, Anthony Davis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that you've. I love that you've joined me in this in this absurd was, absurd. I was trying theory. to
0: phrase that better. I'm sorry, it was a little awkward. Yeah, that, I've that was like, awkward. Which of these I've players watching, is I've been my... Watching a lot of Silicon Valley, so I've been kind of. Uh, the
1: dialogue there is a little rough as you were saying it, i was like which of these players is my bowel movement i don't know which, <laughs> which is good which no i for the i think everybody's heard my my not so conspiracy theory of anthony davis's trips to the locker room but for those that haven't uh i believe that anthony davis also suffers from a situation similar maybe like an inflammatory bowel disease and a lot of his <laughs> Like, cause sometimes he dosed to the locker room and you didn't even see what got tweaked. The ankle looked fine. Looks like he landed fine. Uh, I think he might just be like, oh, damn, I really shouldn't have had, like, whatever it is. That that scoop of ice cream at 3.30, that's not sitting right. And so I'm not that worried about him. That's why I'm not worried about him, actually, this coming year in L.A. I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, are the toilets at Staples Center closer than they are in New Orleans? He's going to be fine. Uh, no, I don't think he wins it because... You're never going to win it if you're playing alongside LeBron, right?
0: Uh, that's where I'm going out of the box. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, really, I really think the Lakers have it. I think we'll see how they ran off the team. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the West. I think Anthony Davis is going to have a ridiculous year. Um, I don't know if we'll get it. You're right, because LeBron's going to have a great year as well if he's on the court. I just think they're going to be among the top three or four teams of basketball next year if they run off their team properly.
1: Yeah. I, I, this is going to be a lot of fun, actually. Here's some of the dark, I, they're not even really dark horses. These these are just some of the names that I think you should look at that are not the usual guys. Uh, if you take the Hardens, the is out of the picture, uh, I don't think you go Kawhi because I think they're going to load manage him anywhere he goes. Uh, you, I think you could look at a guy like a Joel Embiid. If Philly takes a step, Steph Curry, if the Warriors play well with everybody hurt, would be a nice storyline guy to get it. Uh, and then I maybe like a Jokic if Denver somehow manages to grab another two seed or even a one seed out west. Uh, but that one would be a tough one because, you know, he, he runs like I run. And those guys generally don't run, don't win MVP. He's a lot better at basketball than all of us. But let's be honest. He runs like we run. Right?
0: He doesn't <laughs> pass the MVP I test. Right?
1: right. And so there needs to be, I think, a little bit of that. Um, yeah. Or Paul George is actually an option. I forgot oh, about that. I, I don't see that
0: happening. He I did get third Russell, place this I think, year. I, I think Russell sabotage that effort.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> maybe Russ gets hurt though. If Russ gets hurt, uh, you maybe, can see Buff. I don't know. I don't know what uh, I don't know what man. I, yeah, there there are a lot of these guys bouncing around that could get it outside. I, I think maybe you'd go Steph Curry and just hope, but there's that one's a little bit too obvious because that one you're going storyline. In any I way. think it's
0: too. Oh yeah, because I just get my two cents on Steph? Yeah, um, it goes back to he's already won it twice, and I don't think they're going to be a top five team in the West. So
1: yeah, that 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 makes it tough. And yeah. will and OKC might not be a top five team in the West either.
0: Yeah, so um,
1: I'd like it's to see hard win win it. It. it's
0: hard to win it when you're not a top two or three team, right? It, it is top, and so yeah,
1: I would like to see Dame win it, but I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Oh God, that would be great. Yeah, that'd be. Great. I would love to see him win it too. He's a dark horse as well, but he.
1: Yeah, it's not yeah. going to happen.
0: It would be a great story to see, for it, sure.
1: It would be a yeah. cool story. Probably not going to happen, though. Um, I will go Coach of the Year. Coach Bud, the winner uh, this year of Coach of the Year, which makes sense. He obviously took a Milwaukee team that was good last year and made them great. Uh, I would have, and I don't even know if my guy got many votes at all, I actually really liked uh Terry Stotts for Coach of the Year because I think people... I know everybody's like, oh, they have Dame, and not that much changed year over year, but I thought that team was really prime to be a massive stagnation team and just like say, yeah, no, what, we're never going to, we got nothing. And then they ended up third in the West. I thought that was a great year for the Trailblazers. I don't have any real argument with Coach Bud winning. You know, Milwaukee had the best record in the league. They won 60 games this year, but uh, last year I would have voted for Nate McMillan. This year I would have voted for Terry Stotts. I like going against the grain a little bit on this one.
0: Yeah, I think those are, he's very worthy, um, but I thought was the obvious winner. And I think he's probably the most deserving. I think if I had to go with another one, I would have gone with Doc Rivers. Um,
1: oh, yeah, also a good choice. Michael Malone, also a decent choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get Coach of the year when you're eighth seed, but for what he did on that team, I think it was the most impressive coaching job of all the teams.
1: If Patrick Beverly goes somewhere else and they don't get Kawhi Leonard, I would hard bet the Clippers under for season win totals.
0: Oh, because of Beverly going somewhere else, you said? Yeah, I think yeah.
1: he I, he was the engine for that team. When they lost all their, like, legit talent, they were still decent. I mean, they had some decent guys on that team. I shouldn't knock the Clippers too hard. But they didn't have any of the real guns towards the end of the year. You know, they had, Tobias Harris got traded. Uh, you know, Blake Griffin, obviously not that long ago. Chris Paul, the year before that. They just they kept sending all their pieces away, and they just kept winning. And to me, the reason they kept winning after the All-Star break was was Pat Beverly. And obviously Lou Will and, and Montres Harrell were pretty cool too, but the engine on that team was was Bev. So I'm I'm looking ahead at futures wagers. Uh where are we going next? That was Coach of the Year. What's the next one?
0: uh all I was just gonna mention the honorable mention is the um I don't even know his, his name, so this is bad. But the coach of Brooklyn whose name is escaping
1: right now. Oh uh, uh... did
0: a very good job as well.
1: Yeah, I, I I keep wanting to call him uh, the the jazz coach because we talked last week about how they both look like they need more rest. It's Kenny Atkinson.
0: <laughs> Kenny Atkinson, thank yeah. you very much.
1: <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, All he, right, does, he deserves he deserves some he, absolutely he deserves some credit. They had a, a very good year, um, forty two and forty, which was uh, well over. That was one of the ones that I was hoping would sneak up that way. I'm. The Nets are, that was well
0: over. That was yeah. were in the
1: 20s, high 20s, I think it was, like, it was like 31, maybe. Okay. 31, 32. Right. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me right now. Yeah, honorable mention for sure to uh, the great Kenny Atkinson. Uh, we have five remaining awards, Neil. Where do you want to go? Rookie of the year, most improved, sixth man, defensive, or executive of the year? Rookie of the year. Well, that was a tap-in, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I, <laughs> um, I
0: didn't think this was close. Uh, no. But... I didn't think it should have been close. I know people – I don't know if it got close because people love, you know, like, conflict creates uh, attention. So if the media created that, you know, just to try to – not the media, but you know what I mean. People don't like, First Take talked about it just to like, try I don't know to what you're talking about.
1: This is First Take right now. What they're currently listening to, this podcast, this is – Yes. This, sure. We're going for- – we're going full hot take. Yeah, no, this was this was a uh, this was an easy one. Obviously Trey Young played much better the last month, month and a half of the year, but that's not enough to win the award. Um start to finish, it was it was Luka. That was a that was a gimme. Um uh, the other one's, well, let's knock out the other gimme. Uh sixth man of the year, Lou Williams, right? I mean, this is basically an award that should be named after him. Although I will say, I have a mini rant on this one. Isn't it about time that he was a starter? I know he loves coming off the bench, but if you're, like, clearly better than the third or fourth option on almost every team in the NBA, then you're not really the sixth man anymore, right? Like, he was better than Shea Gilgis Alexander, and he's a better basketball player, offensively at least, than a Pat Beverly and a lot of the guys that the Clippers trotted out in their starting lineup. Lou Williams was better than that guy. So he wasn't really the sixth man on that team. I get it. But shouldn't we give this to a guy that is actually a dude coming off the bench that shouldn't necessarily be in the starting rotation?
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. because So this is what I wanted to ask you because you may know basketball history more than me. Because now nowadays there's a talk about let's let a guy lead the second unit who is not the sixth best player, right? He's a guy who can score and lead an offense, but he's maybe the third or fourth best player. And this happens on more more than one team. So as it is this is this like a how new do you think this is?
1: Uh that's a really good question, actually. I these years does, tend does to go back
0: decades or has this just been like more the last decade?
1: I feel like away? it's I, I honestly don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know. Yeah that's a that's a fantastic question and not one that I can answer because for one I'm only thirty six. So there's a <laughs> Some of this, you're,
0: you're an MBA god historian.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm, in NBA years, I'm 62. Uh, <laughs> well, a lot of this stuff happened when I was quite young. I don't think I was paying attention to, you know, you know, yeah. like what's the Lakers?
0: The Lakers when and in, in, had their run. They never had a six man, right? Back in Magic A, stuff like that.
1: I think they did. Wasn't, Did they have uh, someone who
0: was really good who came off the bench?
1: Wasn't Michael Cooper their sixth man? Someone's going to correct me on that one. I uh, yeah, I, have don't, come, I, don't see,
0: I have no idea. They I, had don't remember a the, I don't remember the Celtics having anyone come off. I don't I remember. Don't. Bulls didn't have a sixth man. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. their run. Um, That's true. Well, when yeah. everybody's
1: playing the full 48, I don't, it's tough to, <laughs> yeah. to have to guess. Um, uh, yeah, I,
0: I don't know when this, this trend started, when when the sixth man was not the sixth best player, but the, the guy who ran the offense for the second unit.
1: That I feel like is a little bit more recent. I may be wrong, but I think it's somewhat more recent. Uh
0: so it's an outdated name. It
1: shouldn't be. Yeah. Six man. Okay. It should be like it should be non starter
0: or something. I don't know
1: what they should call it anyway. I, or just like second uh, MVP second, second unit, unit yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, who are the other? Uh, There's some like Spencer Dinwiddie was uh, someone who got a few votes on this one, and that makes more sense. Like, he was clearly a sixth man on that team. He was not going to start over Karis LeVert or right. D'Angelo Russell. He was their third best guard, and so you you have to. You can't, like, slide somebody up and, and play another guy in there. Uh, I, I do think there should be some sort of... Man, I, maybe you don't need to change the name. You just It just needs to be altered slightly in the way that at folks are are voting on these things. Because, yes, obviously, Lou Williams was amazing coming off the bench for the Clippers, but they really only did that because they wanted him alongside Montrezl Harrell, and he loves coming off the bench and just being able to fire, 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 just go absolutely buck wild. And and that's cool. And I love Lou Williams, by the way. I should uh, I should add that. I have no problem with him winning this thing. He should just also be a starter.
0: Yeah, he's he's a starter-level player. He's just not starting, which, yeah. Defeats the purpose, I think, of what this the spirit of the ward is. Anyway.
1: What's next? Did you pick this one or did I pick that one?
0: Uh, I think that I was me, huh? One. Yeah, sorry. You've been trying to move us along while I'm just kind of like dwindling over here. Uh, That's uh, all right. Most improved player. This is probably the easiest one, right?
1: Uh, Well, let's see. I, I mean, yes, I think this one was pretty easy, but we have plenty to yell about on this one if we want to.
0: Oh, really? What do you want to yell about?
1: D'Angelo Russell coming in second?
0: Oh, yeah, like the Fox and Russell should even be on this uh nomination list. It's ridiculous.
1: There was there was sort of like an artificial depression yes. with some of these guys. Uh but yes. yeah, I mean Pascal was the Pascal was the clear Winner yeah, this one.
0: I mean, the spirit of this award is also someone you don't expect to be great. He becomes great, I think, but maybe i'm I'm wrong about that.
1: I so. just I mean, I'm okay even with putting guys that have high expectations in who make that massive leap and and Fox made a pretty good leap. he I think he was artificially depressed last year with the kings. I think the Kings were cleverly tanking last season. I don't know if everybody's bought onto that one with me yet. I, I just, I think there was this feeling as Kings fans and people that watch the Kings are like, this is just our normal level of dysfunction. As someone on the outside looking in, I was like, I don't think so. I think they're clearly playing Zach Randolph to lose. And they're like <laughs> not playing Fox on ball much so that they can lose. And then this year it was like, all right, Darren, go ahead. Uh, we're going to try to win some games now. Cause our picks going to Boston have at it. um, Pascal wins this award because he had no offensive game last year and this year he was freaking unstoppable on offense that's crazy the leap that he made season over season he deserved this thing by a long shot D'Angelo Russell uh his decision making got better this year that was like he had a really nice season but he was from an efficiency standpoint, things didn't actually get that much better for him. He just stopped making as many boneheaded decisions, and so it looked a lot better. But he's always been pretty good.
0: Oh yeah, and he's always had uh, the opportunity to be developed. You know, like you know that they're the team's gonna put a lot of resources into making him a good player. Yeah. So it's that's that's also like what I think with the spirit is some guy is sort of like claws his way from mediocrity to like, you know being one of the best players on the championship team, which is crazy.
1: Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the reason I knock a guy like Russell is uh, his free throw percent was (laughs) pretty close to his career mark. Uh, Field goal percent was like 1.5% higher than usual. He had all these really high numbers. He also played the most minutes of his career, uh, and it wasn't all that close. He took the most shots of his career. So there were all these things where it's just like, and half his team was dead. The Karis LeVert was out, Spencer <laughs> Dindley was, everybody was gone on the uh, Alan Crabb was out, there was nobody left around him, so he had to do a lot of stuff, and he definitely got better, but the leap that Pascal Siakam took was just, uh, like, three quantum pa- packs ahead of anybody else in this pack, so yeah, that one, that one was a gimme as well, uh, Rudy Gobert, or, d- oh, sorry, I gonna, go ahead.
0: No, I, I oh, well, do you want to move on? I was going to ask you, who would your second choice be? Then.
1: uh for do you
0: have a second choice for uh most improved
1: oh for most improved um i might have actually gone to aaron fox which is lame because again of that artificial yeah. depression i believe buddy healed actually came in fourth uh you could give it to him as well he was great a couple of guys in the kings looked excellent in that regard did you have some other names on your list i was
0: thinking montrez harrell what do you think
1: uh yeah he should definitely be on that list Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I, thought, I thought he should be nominated. Anyway.
1: We yeah. saw what he was capable of when he filled in for Clint Capella and Houston. And the Clippers were finally like, why isn't anybody playing this dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like Kenneth Fareed, but not terrible on defense. Get oh, yeah.
0: I mean, he, he's he's going to be a... Well, we'll see if he's a starter. I was going to say he's going to be a starter for years to come, but he's coming off the bench as well. So. Yeah, no, seventh man
1: <laughs> seventh man of the year award winner, Montrezl Harrell. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, but uh, he was phenomenal this past season, I thought. I mean, yeah, yeah it, was, it was great.
1: Spectacular. I love it. That's a great pick, Neil. Um, yeah. uh, Rudy Gobert won Defensive Player of the Year. I was actually leaning more towards Paul George, but I have no problem with Rudy winning it.
0: Yeah, this one's the hardest for me to pick out because uh, I don't... This is really where I have to understand the X's those much better to understand who's really great on defense. Because you can't go by shot blocks, right? No. You have to go by how much they really changed the other team's offensive approach.
1: Yeah, you know what's really uh, funny is that the advanced metrics actually show that Rudy Gobert's power forward playing teammate was better at rim protecting this year. Derek Favors.
0: Oh, Derek Favors. Interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: so I think some a lot of it is name recognition. Um, he deserves it. Rudy Gobert is a fantastic defensive player. I just thought that this year... He took not a step back. He just didn't take another step forward on defense. He did. I think he took a step forward on offense this year. And I thought, you know, like a Paul George or even a Kawhi when he was out on the floor, these guys were just dominant on the defense. Hell, I might have even voted for Pat Beverly if you could just give me the second half of the year. First half of the year, he looked hobbled uh, coming back from his surgery in the off season. Second half, Pat Beverly, I thought was the defensive player of the year. Hell. I thought the first month of the season, Lonzo Ball might have been your defensive player of the year. He shut down a lot of really good point guards, uh, so it's, it's a it's a really tough award. I, it's hard to argue with Gobert, though, because he is really good on defense almost all the time, and so maybe you just, you know, the consistency factor is the one that, that puts it into play. I, I can't, I want to argue with it, I can't argue with it, I just think I might have gone a different direction, almost... Even if the the reason is just to shake things up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like what you said about George, mainly because it's usually given to a, a, someone who, who protects the rim, I believe, right? Yeah. Is it, it's very rare. Not rare, but I say, at least from my recent memory, it's not someone who's on a perimeter, usually.
1: Kawhi, I think, is the the wing guy yeah. that's won it a couple of times. And, yeah. you know, it helps when your hands look like a first baseman's mitt. <laughs> oh, God, boy. God, crazy. Yeah. I mean... When people put their, like, my hand on Kawhi's hand looks like a baby's hand on my hand. That's how stupid that would look. It's insane. He's a strong man. His, finger, hands, his yes. fingers are like 18 inches long. It's, <laughs> that's not fair. He looks like Groot. It's like growing the tree limbs as he's collecting steel. Sorry, i getting weird tonight. Uh, I may have killed Neil with that one. Uh, Last one is executive of the year, and I think we both have serious beef with John Horst, the Milwaukee Bucks executive, winning this award. Doesn't it kind of feel like the media just voted for the team with the best record?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously. work uh, hard. Did, did he do, who did he bring in that was so good? They obviously Brooke Lopez. Sign. Oh, Lopez. And then they got Miratucci at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, right. that didn't do anything. He was hurt. They got I George Hill. Well, I mean, he, was he, garbage. he wasn't
0: hurt. He might've been a little more effective, but yeah, yes. but that, uh, I
1: mean, come on. That was, this is, this is a, this is to me, a lazy vote from people who yeah. worked very hard to, on their other votes. I hope, uh, this <laughs> is a lazy vote. This, this is Masai Ujiri's trophy. Not that he yeah. cares. He won the actual NBA title. So, you know, a watch or whatever the executive of the year gets <laughs> probably didn't mean that much to him. Uh, but come on. Come on. The dude traded for Kawhi Leonard and basically didn't give up any picks. He got Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, and then they won out and won a champ. And I know you're not allowed to put the playoffs in this thing, but the dude got Kawhi Leonard without mortgaging the future of his team.
0: Yeah, I know. It's amazing. What about – I was thinking it, might, it should go to Golden State. They had a pretty serious lineup until they ever got hurt.
1: I think – did they win it? They might have gotten it uh, – Myers, Bob Myers, right? I think he might have won it a yeah. couple years back when they brought he? in KK. Okay. I feel like that was the one where it was just like, all right, you just, you know, you get this one because you figured out what year the salary cap was going to spike and you built your team to bring in the most expensive player on the free agent market. Yeah. Well done, good sir. Golf clap for you, Mr. Myers. I don't actually know if he won it that year, but this one, uh, Ujiri was fourth in voting in this. Interesting. Who was second? Uh Tim Connolly of the Denver Nuggets and I've already forgotten who's oh. third. I only wrote down the top 2. <laughs> uh yeah, another another strong case made by me here on this one. Um why like the Nuggets did they do anything in the off season?
0: That's what I'm saying. They don't look at their roster. I don't see anything that was Interesting.
1: Was it the draft picks? Was it guys like Monty Morris and and Malik Beasley or whatever they did on that front? But like still, but that, a,
0: they weren't that important. Um
1: No, they weren't. They weren't. Yeah. Uh, they were this is I don't huge. understand
0: that either. I guess because they had a this I guess I guess it's a lazy pick for having a good season.
1: Yep. Lazy pick. Get it together, guys. If you're gonna give the award out, at least put some thought into it. This one, this was a come on, this was an easy one. How is this not Ujiri? Uh not only that and as I was reading through Twitter, it now it comes back into my head. One of the maybe the best point of all with him, forget the Kawhi Leonard trade. He fired the coach of the year to bring in basically a journeyman coach who had been at like every level everywhere. I think Nick Nurse has coached in like sixty-two different countries. Uh, and they, and Masai was like, "Here, take these pieces and make them fit." And he they won a freaking title. Like that's a. Listen, I, I've gone. On, I went on this podcast last year and I yelled about how I didn't think Dwayne Casey deserved the Coach of the Year award. I thought that was like a posthumous award the other coaches gave him, uh, because he backed into a very good Raptors record after kind of holding them back for a while. Uh, Ujiri's the man. The stones on that dude. Come on, you. I'm taking this award away. I if John Horst finds it missing from his office at the whatever they play now it's not the bradley center anymore <laughs> uh, it's because i took it and i hand delivered it to toronto this is, not that anybody cares about this award besides apparently me but this is this is a stupid that's a terrible pick
0: but they also i mean i guess the executive hired bud so maybe that's that's part of it
1: yeah i mean this is you know it's a very common thing in our universe right now to set the bar really low and then leap over it Like, you make the problem and then you solve the problem and you get credit for solving the problem. (laughs) He also hired, uh, right? like, I don't know if he hired Jason Kidd, but Jason Kidd was the executive of all things in Milwaukee before all of this happened. So, like, you could have put almost anybody in that spot and it would have worked out better better than it was. Anyway, whatever. Now you got me worried about
0: my Davis pick since Kidd is now in Los Angeles.
1: Oh, it's fine. They brought him in to work with... Who the hell knows what? I don't know. I honest, I have no idea what's what the. Yeah, point we'll is. see.
0: We'll see how much impact he has negatively because it's usually not positive
1: where he goes. Uh, I will say the Lakers are doing a good job with their other stuff. They're bringing in people with experience. They're trying to hire away that defensive guru in Golden State. Uh, mm. may, may or may not happen, but at least they're finally kind of thinking outside the box a little bit. I am probably Neil, needlessly worked up about these awards but we have nothing between the draft and free agency so what the hell else am i going to do
0: yeah yeah like i said i think these are ridiculous <laughs> they are you stupid they're so stupid yeah. um yeah
1: they are stupid um what what else you got and uh, you and i haven't talked in a little bit oh any... yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean gambling there's nothing to bet on i, I mean, know I'm...
1: I know. I know. You bet in baseball these days. You, I don't know anything about baseball. Yeah. A, um, how
0: about you? Shoot. You follow it pretty closely. Yeah. Did, it's a you... total
1: crapshoot, in my estimate. I mean, you that, can.
0: Could... That's what I. That's what I hear from the experts. It's a crapshoot.
1: It's yeah. really it's rough. You get into all the really deep specifics. I think the key to betting baseball is trying to figure out situations where a good team is not particularly great against an opposing starter, or there is like this weird matchup, uh, like the like Kike Hernandez. And, you know, like I watch the Dodgers, obviously because uh, I grew up on Vince Scully. So like they have a uh, a utility infielder named Kike Hernandez, and some people listening to the show probably know who that is, who's batting like 210 on the year, but just throttles Madison Bumgarner. And this is the way it's been for multiple seasons. And so you could always sort of bank on him running into one in that matchup. And if the Dodgers were ever an underdog, which they never are, these are those like weird little things that you'd look for. But they're always like a minus two fifty favorite, so the hell with the hell with it, in the words of the great Bob Euchre. No, I just watch baseball. It's fun for me to throw it on in the background while I'm doing other stuff.
0: Yeah. Do we want to talk about any um predictions for the um
1: free agency? The,
0: um, free agency. Do you want to do anything on that or not? No,
1: there's nothing that's really come out over the last little bit. We're in this. We're in is a lull. It. It's been very it's been very silent. Yeah, we're in a lull right now. The calm before yeah. the storm. But fear yeah. not a live show here at Hoopball will be taking place on Sunday. One half hour before the start of uh, the moratorium period. So Sunday at 2.30 p.m. We're going to fire it up at hoop ball, And we'll let that sucker roll until the rumors or the actual contracts, I guess, at that point. Or the uh, agreed-upon deals. Nobody's signing anything until a few days later. But as long as the agreed-upon deals are rolling in on Twitter, we'll keep the show going. We're going to talk fantasy. That's, again, starting at 2.30 p.m. on Sunday. Neil, can I pay you enough to hop on that bad boy?
0: Oh, I would absolutely love to be on that that Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Wait, 2.30 uh, Pacific uh, time,
1: yeah. Sorry, I operate on left coast time.
0: Oh, yeah. If you want me, I'm there.
1: Yeah, we do. The mighty Neil (laughs) line. We're not going to be talking award shows. You can call something else stupid. I like angry. (laughs) I like fired up Neil. This is my favorite.
0: This is, well, it's just. um,
1: It's like fired down Neil. (laughs) I was going to say,
0: yeah. It's more like the Eeyore type version than it is like anything else. Yeah. Oh Award yeah. show, <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. I, not that anybody cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can follow Neil on Twitter at or Basketball. At <laughs> <laughs> ball with Neil. That's the actual one. I'm going to keep giving out the wrong ones because I'm having fun with it. I'm at Dan Bespris. Uh, this was Fantasy NBA Today, a Goofy Award Show Edition. Tomorrow, Brandon Marcus will make fun of me for having weak intestinal system. And uh, we'll talk probably, I don't know, something maybe will happen over the next 24 hours. I don't know. This is a weird week because once free agency starts, we have something to talk about every day. This is our off-season here on, uh, on Fantasy NBA Today. Neil, uh, do you have a guest lined up for Thursday yet?
0: I'm hoping it's Josh. We'll see.
1: Yeah, the crazy Josh. Oh, yeah. Josh, that guy's a madman. I love him. Uh, And then Adrian and Coach will wrap things up on Friday. And then, uh, as I said, Sunday. That'll be our live show. That show will be packaged, by the way. It'll also be the Monday edition here on Fantasy NBA Today. Have a lovely Tuesday, everyone. For Neil, I'm Dan. So long.